What is up, guys? Welcome back. And this is hopefully not the last pregame that we have of the season. So, Sunday, we have the season finale against the Rams. Freaking stoked. I'm going to the game. So, right now, I'm doing this pod. I'm going to eat some dinner. And then I'm going to attempt to get some sleep because I have a 6 a.m. flight out of Seattle to go to L.A. tomorrow. Hang out with John Chapman, the 49ers rush party. And then I think before the game, I'm going to go to a big tailgate. There's a couple ones down there I'm going to go sign up for, go to one of them. And then there's the game. So I'm pumped. It's going to be awesome. Um, So obviously this game is extremely important. If we win, we are in. So, I want zero excuses for this game. I know that there are a lot of excuses that we could come up with, whether that be Jimmy's thumb, whether that be COVID, whether that be injuries, whether that be, you know, listed A, B, C, or D. It doesn't matter. All that matters is winning. And I believe that we can win this game. I really do. We've won five of the last matchups against the Rams. Kyle Shanahan is Sean McVay's father. And Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. (laughs) My girlfriend's like, you should say Kyle Shanahan is Sean McVay's daddy. He owns him. Yeah, he does. And Dan Brunskill is Aaron Donald's daddy. And... Debo Samuel is also Aaron Donald's daddy because Aaron Donald apparently doesn't know who Debo is after Debo has won every single game against him. You gotta say it with the right tone. <laughs> I'm gonna have to re record this. I'm sorry. No, I'm gonna leave it in. <laughs> and now she's, now she's throwing things in rage as she packs and cleans. <laughs> uh, but yeah, point being is that. We've won the last four matchups against the Rams and we need this win in order to get into the playoffs. If we don't win, we need the Saints to lose and I don't know how much I trust the Falcons. So, yeah, it is what it is. Win and you're in. That's all that matters is winning the game and you can't scoreboard watch because they play at the exact same time. So, there you go. Win and in. And as good as this Rams team is, don't get me wrong, they're really good. We can beat them. Again, we have won five in a row against the Rams. We beat them earlier this year. They can be beat. We are the Rams kryptonite. We have the formula. So before I get into my keys, I have two, and they're very simple. Very simple two keys to winning the game. I want to talk about what else is going on because... Obviously, there's all the news, all the shenanigans, all the excuses, quote-unquote. So, first off, start with Jimmy's thumb. How's Jimmy's thumb? I don't know. Uh, Earlier this week said uh, it fucking fucking hurts to throw the football. He said throwing the football feels like his thumb is getting ripped off. So, yeah, that, uh, that can't be good. And it's not just throwing the football it's handing the football off 
we all know the reason why the quarterback is the most important position in the game of football is the quarterback touches the football on every single play. And he makes decisions on every single play about where to go with the ball. Sometimes Jimmy's really good. Sometimes Jimmy makes really poor decisions. And we never know what we're really going to get. I feel like every... I feel like the Jimmy Garoppolo roller coaster is fairly simple. He has two good, he has two average to very good games, and then he has a shitty game. And then he has a good game, and then another good game, and then he'll have a shitty game. And then he may or may not have a good game or a shitty game. We really don't know. He usually doesn't have two bad games in a row. He also never has three good games in a row. So we really never know what we're going to get from Jimmy. But it's likely he's going to throw one or two interceptions straight to a linebacker or safety over the middle. We saw that the last game that Jimmy played. And they were really, really ugly. Like he threw it right to two guys. Two of the easiest interceptions that a defender can have. And almost threw a third one. And remember, those interceptions, that was, that was before he hurt his thumb. If I remember correctly, the two interceptions and the almost interception were before he hurt his thumb. The second half of that game, he was about the same as he was the first half, but apparently his thumb was torn. So I don't know what that tells you, but... And I also don't know how how well it is healed. Jimmy is officially listed as questionable. Shanahan did not announce who was going to be starting. He had Jimmy meet with the media to begin the week. And then today, on Friday, they had Trey meet with the media. Uh, I gotta say, I, I do think that it was kind of entertaining listening to Shanahan talk about the quarterback situation. Because he basically said at the beginning of the week, he said, right now, I don't know who my quarterback is. I will make a decision, but I'm not going to tell you. And then today he said, I have a pretty good idea about how Jimmy looked. And he had a good week of practice, but I'm not going to tell you. So we don't know who's going to be starting. It could go either way. It could be Trey. It could be Jimmy. There were... The media, the media pressers are also, sometimes they're interesting and sometimes they're not. <clears throat> so I didn't think there was a whole lot that was extremely interesting this week as far as the media goes. Uh, it was just kind of a whole lot of your typical filler talk of, you know, what about this, you know, rivalry? What about this rivalry? And how does this rivalry feel compared to other weeks? And do you feel extra pressure on yourself because this game could be the playoff? And of course... The players all have their standard kind of company line answers like, yeah, this game is important, but every game is important. And we felt like last week was just as important as this week, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and Shanahan was particularly snarky in terms of, I don't know who, but I will make a decision, but I'm not going to tell you. And you know why. And you can ask, but I'm not going to tell you. And I'm glad that after this presser, I'm not going to have to answer any more questions about this. Ha ha ha. So... You know, Shanahan was snarky. He's not saying anything. He's putting both of his quarterbacks out there for interviews, to, for the press. And Jimmy and Trey split reps this week. I think that 
the most interesting quote that I heard was from Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator. And what I thought was the most interesting thing that he said was what probably the most important part about what they were doing in practice this week with Jimmy's reps was seeing how much he could do and how long Jimmy could play before his thumb started acting up. So it sounds like they were saying, hey, can Jimmy make it through a practice? Can he make it through a full game? Will his thumb be able to take it? Can he make it all the way through practice? So basically, Jimmy started the week doing less reps. He built up his reps. He did practice three days this week. He threw the ball every day. And it seems like what they were doing throughout the three days of practice was seeing, hey, how much can Jimmy throw? What's his pain tolerance? Can, will his thumb be able to make it through the game without it affecting him? Uh, Debo said the same thing that you would expect. Everybody say Jimmy looks like Jimmy, which is, I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult (laughs) at this point. Like, how's Jimmy practicing? Jimmy looks like Jimmy. Okay, cool. So is that like good? Like he's handsome. He's got a nice chin. He's throwing the ball good. Or is it Jimmy looks like Jimmy? Like, yeah, he's the same kind of average to sometimes above average quarterback who gets the ball out quick but can't throw it far kind of Jimmy. So I really don't know what that means. But whenever they say Jimmy looks like Jimmy, I'm like, well, fuck, I hope that's a good thing. Because sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. If there's one thing that's not consistent, it's Jimmy playing. So, yes, Jimmy always looks studly and handsome with his Italian skin and his chiseled jawline and all that stuff. But his game is extremely inconsistent. So I'm curious to see what their thoughts are as far as his thumb holding up for a full game. Um, Unrelated to the pressers... I remember listening to the podcast that Eric Davis does with Rashawn Haylock. I forget what it's called. Um, Believe in 49ers. And he said that he really didn't understand why Jimmy kept talking about how painful his thumb is. Because some things are penalties and some things are not. He said, if I know that something is hurting a guy, I'm going to hurt him in as legal as much as I can in a legal way. So there's nothing that says that, you know, the defensive lineman can't, you know, slap Jimmy's thumb after a play. You know, as long as you're not blatantly flagrant flagrant about it to the point where it's a personal foul. Are we just going to allow Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald to just slap Jimmy's thumb all day? How long is his thumb going to last if, uh, you know, he starts giving way too hard of a high five to George Kittle? Or anyone. What if his hand hits a helmet? You know? So, I really don't know. I don't know who's going to play. If we're going to compare them, personally, I think I mentioned this last week after seeing Trey play against the Texans. I want Trey to play. Uh, Not just because of Jimmy's thumb. And not just because we spent three first-round picks to move up and take this kid. And 
not just because he played really well last week and not just because he he'll get the experience, but because it stresses the Rams out in a way. It stresses the defenses in a way that Jimmy doesn't. So he does it in two ways. Or I guess three ways that Jimmy doesn't. So one way, very simple, is that Trey doesn't take sacks as much as Jimmy. Trey has always been very, very good at being elusive in the pocket and not taking sacks. That was one thing that a lot of people liked Trey versus Justin Fields pre-draft was that Trey Lance has always been very good at not taking a sack in the pocket even when he's under pressure. Justin Fields, his pocket presence was not as good at Trey's and he tended to take a lot more sacks while he was under pressure. We saw that last game. Trey only took one sack. That's really good if you only take one sack in a game. And I know that the Texans' pass rush is not... The Rams. The Rams have Aaron Donald, who's really good. Vaughn Miller, who looks like he's better than he was a month ago. Uh, but he's he's still not the dominant Vaughn Miller of, you know, Super Bowl MVP Vaughn Miller. But he's still a really good edge rusher. And they also have Leonard Floyd, who's a solid edge rusher as well. You got three good pass rushers. It's more than the Texans, but at the same time, I trust Trey to not take a sack more than I trust Jimmy. So there's one way is that it's going to make it difficult to sack him. And when that happens, it buys more time for the receivers to get open. So that kind of complements itself. Another way that it stresses out the defense is because Trey has a strong arm and he's willing to throw all over the field. Remember I talked about last week with the pass charts where Jimmy is always in between the numbers inside, like, you know, inside the numbers over the middle, like 10 yards over the middle. That's all of Jimmy's passes. Trey's it's, you know, out outside the numbers to the left, outside the numbers to the right, deep middle, deep to the right, intermediate. He's throwing the ball everywhere. Like literally every spot on the field, he can get it there and he will. So it's less dangerous because he's not constantly throwing into tight windows over the middle with crowded boxes. Because he can throw the ball all over, it's going to force the defenses to not crowd the box. That gives us point number three. So I guess point number two is explosive passing opportunities, an explosive passing game, which we saw. I think he had four or five passes that were over 20 yards last game. And when you back that off, the fact that he is also a potential run threat gives advantage to the run game because it opens up additional run lanes. It is no coincidence that Elijah Mitchell ran for 5.7 yards against the Texans. You gotta, you gotta keep in mind that the simple fact that Trey can run is going to open up additional space for the run game. So now you're stretching the defense horizontally because he'll throw outside the numbers. You're stretching the defense vertically because he can throw deep. And the fact that he's a rushing threat is going to open up additional run lanes and more room for your run game to operate. And then on top of that, when he does drop back to pass, it's difficult to sack him and it gives your defensive backs more or your receivers more time to get open. And we all know how explosive our receiving threats are when they get open and they get the ball in their hands. 
You get the ball to Kittle or Ayuk or Debo with the ball in their hands in space. Who knows what they can do? Either any one of those guys can take a play and gain 30 to 50 yards after the catch. Any one of them. So personally, I know that there's some people who really want Jimmy because, you know, Jimmy's a he's a proven winner. He's a veteran. He understands the system more than Trey. Uh, he knows he probably is better and he's better in the quick game in terms of, Hey, I go to the line. I see what it is. I'm changing the play to this because I've seen this formation before. Jimmy has more experience than that. I get it. But the way that Trey stresses out defenses and the fact that he doesn't make dangerous decisions as often, I would much rather have Trey playing. I'm, I'm really crossing my fingers that Trey is the starter. Also just, you know, for my own personal selfish reasons and that I want to see Trey Lance play live as a rookie. I'm, I'm going to be at this game. I would love to see Trey play live in his rookie season. That'd be so cool for me. I went to the Seattle game and I was really hoping he would be playing then. And he wasn't. And we lost. And, you know, it is what it is, but... I'm going to two games this year and Trey's only played and he's started two games. So I'm for my own selfish reasons. I want to see Trey play as a rookie because I believe in the kid and I know it's not one of the reasons that I mentioned, but another thing that Mike McDaniel said that really he was asked what impressed him about Trey in his game. And he said, it was really impressive when you realize this was only his second career start and he's basically only played three games in two years. And it's like, yeah, it's almost like the kid's really talented and he just needs these reps to learn and get better because he's super smart. He graduated college early and in one year, his only year as a freshman won a national championship and improved every game throughout the year. It's almost like this kid has all the physical abilities, all the mental abilities, and was a top three draft pick, and he should get reps. So, anyways, um, we don't know who's going to play. I think that no matter who starts, we should be able to win this game. Because the pass game, honestly, it's not one of my keys to winning the game. So that's my Jimmy versus Trey thoughts. Again, Trey Lance, I'd much rather have it. He, he's, not, he's less likely to take sacks. He can buy more time. He can improvise. He's going to provide explosive passing plays. He opens up the run game, and he's going to force the defense to play the entire field versus crowding the box constantly. So for all those reasons... And the selfish reason that I'm going to be there and I want to see him play live is rookie season. I want him to play. Will he be the starter? I don't know. Shanahan probably isn't going to announce it until Saturday tomorrow, uh, at which point I'll be partying in L.A. with uh, the 49ers rush road trip. So let's talk about the injury report. So injury report for the Rams. Uh, they had nothing listed. So I don't know if that means that they magically have zero injuries or they just didn't list any injuries. So who is on the 49ers injury report? All these players are 
listed in going into the game as questionable. And then I'll provide a little bit of commentary of what was said throughout. <clears throat> Already mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, thumb injury. Now, what's interesting, again, is according to all the doctors and everything, this is usually a four- to six-week injury. Somehow Jimmy apparently is able to play a game after two weeks and doesn't need surgery, but he may or may not need surgery in the offseason. Either way, point being, Jimmy Garoppolo, questionable. Next, questionable, is Trent Williams. This is unfortunate. He's been having a elbow sprain, a nagging elbow injury. So if you remember last week, he got hurt. He was out for like a series or two, and then he came back in and finished. Apparently he had an elbow injury, some type of elbow sprain. I don't think he practiced at all this week. Let me just double check here. Yeah, Trent Williams did not practice Friday. He is questionable. Shanahan said that if Trent Williams cannot go, which he hopes he can, and if he's questionable, I think he will. This is an important enough game that I think he'll gut it out. If Trent Williams cannot go, we're likely going to see Jalen Moore, rookie, on the at left tackle. That's what Shanahan said. He said that it may also be uh, Colton McKivitz, the rookie from last year, so second-year player, who played guard. But more likely is that we, uh, if we don't see Trent Williams, we will see the rookie Jalen Moore at left tackle. Jaquiski Tart, he is listed as questionable for a shoulder. So hopefully we have him because he is a good safety. And I don't think that we have... I don't think that Hafunga is going to play, so we will see. Uh, but Tart, questionable. Maurice Hurst is questionable with a calf, so it would be great to get him back. Maurice Hurst is a really talented defensive lineman, defensive tackle, and if he had been healthy this year, he would probably be our third best. He'd probably be right there with DJ Jones, fighting for a starting defensive tackle position. I think he's a really good three-tech. He's a solid pass rusher. He's a good run stopper. He's not a super big guy, but if he can play, that would be, you know, just another guy on our defensive line that can get after it. So I'd really like to get Maurice Hurst back. And I think he's only played in one or two games this season, just nagging injuries. So uh, really hope he can play. Marcel Harris uh, the linebacker, Marcel Harris. So remember, he's the one who had the interception, then fumbled it. Please, if you intercept the ball, Marcel, do not fight with guys for yards. Either return it when you're available, like clear, or, you know, go down. <laughs> Please don't fumble it. We got lucky. Uh, but Marcel Harris has an Achilles injury. He is questionable. Dre Greenlaw. It sounds like it's likely that he will be returning. So he's questionable with his groin, but Shanahan said that it's it's leaning towards him playing. Aziz Alshire, on the other hand, he was listed as questionable with a knee, but it sounds like that's less likely. So hopefully we have Marcel Harris and Dre Greenlaw out there as linebackers. It sounds like we're not going to have Aziz back, but we'll cross our fingers. Uh, either way, if we get... If we have a couple of them out there, it'll be good. And 
That is the injury report. So Aziz, to me, that sounds more like doubtful. Jimmy questionable, Greenlaw questionable, Marcel Harris questionable, Hurst questionable, Tart, Trent Williams questionable. So hopefully we get most of them. One thing that somebody brought up earlier that I thought was interesting is that when the Niners have had somebody listed as questionable this season, they've pretty much always played. So we'll cross our fingers because those would be some useful players. Now, the other thing is the COVID report. So <laughs> I, uh, I posted a meme earlier this week, which went semi-viral. To me, it went viral. I think I had over, a, over like 500 likes, which is massive for me on Twitter. Usually I get like six for anything that I post. <laughs> and it was... I think I also got around like 35,000 impressions. I think an impression just means it shows up on someone's feed, but either way, that's a lot. And I just thought it was really funny. But either way, the meme was, it's where like the man is like reaching at the balloon, looking excited. And then that like guy comes up, like grabbing him and he looks like he's afraid, pulling him away. And I said, the 49ers are reaching for the playoffs. And then the uh, creepy guy pulling them back was defensive backs on COVID <laughs> along with the saints and Jimmy's thumb. But yeah, DB DB's on COVID. So there was a lot of them. The good news is Ambry Thomas was on the COVID report, but he was activated off of it. So Ambry Thomas He's cleared. He practiced today. He will likely be starting. The other good news as far as corners go, so cornerback, is that it is expected, it hasn't been announced yet, but it's expected that Mosley will be taken off of injured reserve and activated for the game. So the good news is that we could have Mosley and Ambry out there as our starting outside corners, which to me... I love that. I have been all season talking about how much I hate seeing Josh Norman out there. Josh Norman got benched last game. He got benched against the Texans. That is harsh. Shanahan just had had enough and he was like, no, you're getting benched. We would much rather have Dante Johnson out there, which by the way, COVID list, Dante Johnson, Kawan Williams, who we could really use a good slot considering we're growing up against Cooper Cup and a good run game, and he's really good in the slot. He's really good defending the run from there. He's a really good blitzer. Kawan Williams is just an incredible slot corner. Also on the COVID list currently, Diamador Lenore and the big one, Jimmy Ward. So I really hope that we can get at the very least, Ward and Kawan Williams back. We've got Ambry. Cross our fingers. Dante Johnson, Diamador Lenore. They're backups, so they're not as important, I guess you could say. But either way, that's four core that's four defensive backs that we still have on the COVID list. Uh, they could get cleared tomorrow or today when you're listening to this, Saturday. So they could still play. I believe they have until Saturday to clear the COVID protocols in order to play on Sunday. The NFL changed their criteria a while back when the CDC does, so they still have time to play. But as of now, 
It looks like our starting outside corners are going to be, hopefully, Ambry Thomas, Emmanuel Mosley. I like that. Our starting safeties, on the other hand, really don't know. I am looking at this injury report, though, and I don't see Hafunga listed. So, unless they put Hafunga on IR, it could be that we're looking at Hafunga and Wilson? Tavon Wilson? So, you know, really don't like that, the sound of that out there. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, but I would much rather have Tart and Ward out there. So we'll cross our fingers for Tart, Ward, Kawan Williams, all the guys who are on COVID, all the injury guys. So, yeah, that's kind of what we're looking at as far as injuries and the COVID list. Now, when I mentioned the keys to the game, let's get into the keys to the game. It's really quite simple. So obviously we've won the last five matchup against the Rams. We beat them earlier this week. I wanted to see what are the Rams playing like. Now the Rams have won their last two games. So I went and I watched their last two games and it is Funny how bad and good Matt Stafford is in a single game. Both of the last two games, he has thrown, I would say, three turnover-worthy throws. So he threw last game against the Ravens. He threw a pick six early. Then on the next drive, he threw an interception. He also had a fumbled snap. Let me see if I can bring up my, these notes here. So, yeah, a pick six, followed by the next drive, an interception. So, Matt Stafford, we all know, he has a really good arm, but he makes a couple bad decisions a game. Same thing against the, Reich, the Vikings, the game prior to that. He threw three interceptions. Three. Now, if I remember correctly, one of those interceptions was not his fault. It was batted by a defensive lineman, and then it was picked off. But he also threw a ball earlier in the game that should have been picked off, but the defender dropped it. So, while one of his three interceptions against the Vikings was bad luck, he should have thrown another one. So... What is my first key to beating the Rams? It's really simple. Make sure that you capitalize on Stafford's turnover-worthy throws. He is going to throw the ball directly to our defenders at least twice. I would be amazed if Stafford does not throw it directly to one of our guys at least twice this game. Because he's done it two to four times, multiple games in a row. So that's key number one, capitalize. If I remember correctly, we had a pick six earlier this year also against Stafford. He now is tied in the NFL or leads the NFL. Either He either leads the NFL or he's tied in first in the NFL and pick sixes for the season. So yeah, Stafford can make incredible throws. 
but he's also going to make some really dumb ones, make some really questionable decisions. We got to capitalize. He throws the ball to our guys. They better have their sticky gloves on. They better catch that ball because that's an opportunity. You can steal a drive, maybe get a pick six. I love scoring on defense. That's key number one. Key number two is very, very simple. Run the ball. That's it. Run the ball. Every time we play the Rams, we run the ball really well and we win the game. So you go. Two very simple, again, like we've got good running backs. We've got a great running scheme. We've got really good blockers. We always do this against the Rams. We win against the Rams. Don't overcomplicate it. Just run the ball through their faces down to the other side of the field. And then those two to three times that Stafford throws the ball to you, get your sticky gloves on, catch that motherfucker, and then Wilts run down and score. We've beat them five in a row. Stafford's been throwing a lot of interceptions. He's throwing multiple interceptable balls every game for basically the last like month, month and a half. Catch him. And I know that, you know, the the age-old cliche, you know, if you could catch the ball, you'd play on offense. But you got to do it. He's gifting you the game. Also, obviously, another thing would be, you know, don't throw interceptions. Make sure we don't fumble. All that kind of stuff. But those are the two keys. Just capitalize when he throws it. Because... Here's what they're going to do. Like the Rams have a good team. They have a good offense. They have a good defense. They have a good defensive line. They have a good defensive scheme. Their offense, Stafford's got a great arm. They've got a really good slot slash overall do-it-all receiver. Cooper Cup, he currently leads the NFL in receiving. I think he's on track to break an all-time record for receiving. Granted, it's in an extra game, and so it's kind of a bullshit record, but... Either way, he's leading the NFL in receiving, I believe, yards and receptions. They've got Odell, who we all know Odell is extremely talented. He can be very good. Sometimes he kind of disappears for a game here or there or a couple plays, but Odell's extremely talented. He can be extremely dangerous. And they've got a good run game. And they do the play-action boot stuff really well. But we can beat them. We should... Again, real simple. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And when he throws you those two or three presents a game, catch him. So, DBs, I hope you've been practicing on the jugs machine. I hope you got your sticky gloves. I hope you're ready. Because I want to see some picks. And I think that Ambry, especially, is due for one. Ambry has been... This is going to be my weekly just kind of Ambry Thomas hype rant that I do every week where I tell you when I was scouting corners pre-draft, I said, I like this Ambry Thomas kid. If we can draft him in like the third or the fourth round, maybe sit him for a year and then the next year he'll be really good. They kind of did that this year. Turns out every week he's improved. He looks pretty good. He started out first game, got beat a couple times, wasn't always in position. Second game, he was always in position. He just wasn't winning at the catch point. 
Third game, he broke up a couple passes. Last game, he had a really good game. I think he only allowed one pass, had a had a breakup or two, had a near pick six. Ambry is due for his first career interception. And I think Stafford is the guy to do that. So, Stafford, I would like you to give Ambry Thomas the gift of his first career interception. That is... That is my wish for this January 9th end of the season finale. So uh, I think that's pretty much everything. I'm just, I'm hyped. I somehow need to get some sleep tonight because again, got like a 6 a.m. flight, which means drive two hours and still be two hours early for a flight. (laughs) So I got to wake up at like 2 a.m. to go down there. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm freaking pumped. So if you're going to the 49ers rush road trip party, it's at Sharky's in Hermosa beach. I don't know if it's sold out or not. You can hit up Chapman to see if there's any more available. Uh, me and my girl are going to be there. Of course, Chapman, all the other people who are going to be there. I don't know exactly, but I'm excited to meet everyone. All these podcasters that I listen to every week. I've talked to a couple of them. I've went on uh, Crocker's show a couple times and talked to him. I talked to Chapman a bit and whoever else is going to be there. It's going to be fun. And then we got a game and there's going to be a tailgate. I don't know exactly what tailgate I go to. I'm going to go to, but I don't remember what it's called, but there was a couple of them and one of them looked really good. So I think we're going to go there to get our pregame party going and yeah, just have an awesome time in LA. And especially since I'm up here in Northwest Washington, where we've just been, we got like over a foot of snow and then it's continued to snow and then melt and then snow again. And today it finally mostly melted, but it's still like freezing outside. It'll be nice to have, I think LA is projected to have 70 degrees on, on game day. So that's going to be nice compared to my snowy sub freezing temperatures that I've had for the last couple weeks. <laughs> but anyways, I'm going to head out. I hope you guys have an awesome time. I hope you enjoy the game. I hope we win this game. I would love to see the 49ers win and let's go to the playoffs. You know, that's what it's all about. Cause once you get into the playoffs, at that point, it's it's any team. Any team can make it because once you're in the tournament, once you're in the dance, as they say, anything goes. And we've seen this team be really good. We've seen this team have really bad weeks. I've consistently said this team has enough talent to go up against anybody and beat anyone in the NFL. And I really truly believe that. But. We got to win the game the right way. The team needs to execute. They need to go out there with a good plan. They need to execute. Our best players need to have our A-plus guys need to have A-plus days. Our other guys need to have good days. But if our players play their best, they execute, they capitalize, we should come out of L.A. with a W and punch our ticket to the playoffs. So... With that being said, I'm going to work on using the word so less. 
because my girlfriend pointed out mid-podcast that I wouldn't stop using it. <laughs> like, subscribe, comment, share, all that good stuff. I appreciate every single one of you who listens. I'll catch you next time. And if you're in LA at the game, at the party, you see me anywhere, a tailgate, I'll be wearing my Kittle jersey. Say hi. Give me a high five. It'd be awesome to actually meet somebody who recognized me. I'll feel like a famous person for a few seconds. And either way, have an awesome time. Go Niners.